1: For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to cynthiahyatt.com. That's C I N T H I A H I E T T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
2: Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm always glad to be here, always thankful to have you listening. And I'm happy today about the next two shows we are doing. Now, if you listened to the last two weeks, we did two shows on generosity, and we talked all about generosity and what that means and the power of generosity and the health benefits of generosity and what it does for our relationships, what it does for our mind, all that. And we also had Dr. Jared Pingleton, who is the vice president of the American Association of Christian Counselors and was formerly working as the vice president. Uh, Well, he he was on staff managing chaplain for all the therapists and chaplains for Focus on the Family. So we were very thankful to have him on that show. And he's going to be visiting us again in about four weeks from today. Um, he has written a new book with uh, Dr. Meyer, and it is about brave, being courageous, and surrendering. So I think you're going to really enjoy that show. But make sure you look at all the Instagram and Facebook. That's Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., I-N-C for Incorporated. Um, and you'll see Twitter, if you, if you follow me on Twitter, and that will let you know when Dr. Pingleton is going to be with us again. So today we are doing thankfulness. And this is always, of course, an honor of our upcoming holiday of Thanksgiving So why thanks? Why talk about thanks and gratitude? Well, this is a quality of your creator, your God. He is generous, he is kind, and he has a very gracious spirit. He's also a very polite being, which is amazing to think about. And so I picked out some verses for you about thankfulness. And I like these these verses. And the first one, I think, is very apropos. And this is Romans chapter 1, verse 21. And it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So we're going to reference that verse quite a bit. Because I want you to think about how many people know God in our country. Know about him, know of him, know him, but don't honor him by giving him thanks. And what this verse is saying is they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So that tells me a lot in that verse. First of all, it tells me that people that are not thankful are foolish and that that our hearts are foolish. And when we have foolish hearts, we get darker in spirit and we get less thankful and the less thankful we get, the darker our insides feel. And it also says here, they become futile in their thinking. And so if you've ever been in that kind of morose, depressed mood, and how futile everything feels, it just feels like, what's the point? Why am I working so hard? Why are we here on the planet? How much longer do we have to be here? God, when is it going to end? And, and it feels futile, all this futility in the work that we do. We feel like nothing ever matters. And so what we're going to find is the power of thankfulness and what thankfulness does to eradicate futility and eradicate foolishness. So let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. This is, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So we also see an antidote for anxiety. So futility, darkness, anxiety, the prayer that we thankfully meditate toward God, we thankfully approach God, we thankfully talk to God, and we, and we tell God all the great and marvelous things he has done, even if he hasn't done anything for us, at least as far as we know, right? Because God's always doing things for us, but many times, unfortunately, we don't always recognize them. So we want to come to God with a thankful heart. We want to be thankful as we let our requests be known to God. So if you've ever had someone that has wanted something from you, and they have always been thankful beforehand, said, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you for taking my phone call. Thank you for considering my request. Aren't you that much more willing to to help them out? And so this is just part of, many ways, common sense. But we kind of forget this as we go along in our day and we get a little darker in our thinking. So let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. This says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So if we have nothing in our own individual lives to thank God for, nothing that we can see in our world to thank God for, we always have one thing that never tires of being thankful for. And that is the inexpressible gift of his love, his kindness, his grace, his mercy, his enduring love, his amazing kindness through Christ Jesus, right? So if we have nothing else to thank God for, what an amazing gift. It's inexpressible, that gift. So how about Psalms 106 verse 1? This says, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, I think here we are in 2016, and we have lots of history that we can look back on. Lots of dark times in our world, dark times in our own nation. Maybe you feel like it's a dark time right now in our nation. Well, this says, for his steadfast love endures forever. It never ends. It never ends. He loved the world so much he sent Jesus. And he it's, it's this inexpressible gift that he has given us. And he says it will never end. That love for us will never end. And so you, you know if you're parents and you have children that are struggling in their life. They don't like their life. They're having a hard time figuring their life out whether they're 7 years old, whether they're 27 years old, whether they're 37, 47 years old, you know what it feels like as a parent to watch them struggle in their life and want them to know that your love for them endures forever, that your love for them never changes, even though their life may not be working out. Your love never changes. It endures well, that's the father heart of God It says, I understand your life is str- You're struggling right now. I understand it's hard for you. I understand you feel upset or overwhelmed or dark in your thinking. You feel futile. But I want you to thank me because when you thank me, you begin to experience my enduring love. You begin to borrow hope from me. You begin to experience the way I see the world. And so, thanking God lifts our mind out of the morose of our own darkness. So, let's look at Psalms 105, chapter 105, verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Now, this is an amazing edict for us to do. This is amazing, just directive. Because God says, Give thanks to God, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name and make his deeds known among the peoples. How often have you heard a story about something God did for someone and you were uplifted? When you heard that God did a great thing for someone, or when you tell other people about the great things God has done for you, the enemy hates it when we do that because he knows it's elevating, he knows it's life giving, and he knows it's encouraging. And so one deed that God does for me has immense amounts of payoff when I tell others of what he has done. It keeps paying. So whatever God did for me is up completely multiplied every time I talk about it with other people and let them know what God has done. So I want you to think about this idea of thankfulness. It is, it is a lost art when it comes to courtesy. Courtesy. We used to to be taught please and thank you when we were growing up. And why would we be taught this? Why would you say thank you? Well, the main thing is it honors and uplifts the other person. But it also honors and uplifts us. It causes us to feel better about ourselves. We feel like we are more gracious people. See, manners are indicative of highly evolved people. So what does it mean when you say that someone has class? Well, there's somebody that you want to emulate. There's someone that you admire. Just the way they handle themselves. The way they come across. The way you feel when you're in their presence. Gracious people evoke this. Gracious people are admirable people. And the first manner that we generally learn as children is thank you. Because this is a God-fearing quality. So this, this verse in Isaiah 43... It's chapter 18 and 19, and, and it talks about being springs in the badlands, an unending source of, of an, uh, having an overflow, an unending source of supply. And one of the things that thankfulness does is it causes people to feel bountiful. It causes us to feel like there's this unending source of goodness when we practice thankfulness. Over and over and over again. And it helps to get our minds where our minds need to be. Because what I want you to think about is that our minds, we know our brain is an organ like any other organ in our body. And it is affected by the fall. This is why our brains have a tendency toward negativity. And all the neuroscientists have... have, have seen this, have researched this, have commented on the fact that our brain is always negative before it is positive. And we have to fight this. So what I tell clients of mine often is I say, you know, your brain is affected by gravity just like your body is. It's always trying to be pulled down. And the enemy of your soul is always wanting to pull your brain down so that your spirit, your soul, your mind is darkened. So we need to fight and resist the negativity of our brain, the natural negativity of our mind to focus on what's not working instead of what is working. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm thankful that you are joining me today. And I want you to listen in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of thankfulness. And what the chapter 14 of Luke says, and we're gonna we're gonna look at that a little bit more closely. as as a way to really emulate Christ. So I want you to join me again in this next segment. Make sure that you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and so very thankful that you joined me today. In fact, we are talking about thankfulness. And one of the things I am very thankful for is this radio station because you're listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. And I appreciate the fact that this radio station continues to prevail, especially in, in a world that is not necessarily very friendly to Christians. And so I'm very thankful that this station with Salem Communications continues to prevail and want to do positive, uplifting radio shows and music. And I'm also thankful for Chris, my producer, who's always so very uplifting to me. So I'm very thankful for him. So as we start back with this idea, if you're just tuning in, this show is about gratitude. It's about thankfulness. And it's certainly apropos in terms of in light of the, the uh, holiday that we have coming up, and that being Thanksgiving. And so I, we, we looked at this verse in the first segment, and that's Romans chapter 1, verse 21. And we're going to refer to this quite frequently. And this is, for although they knew God, they did not honor him. They didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That says so much to me. It says that although I know God, sometimes I don't act like it. Although I know God, I don't honor him. And what happens to me when I don't honor God? Well, number one, I become very futile in my thinking. And if you've ever experienced futility, it is a really rotten feeling. It is no fun to feel. It's oppressive. It's, it's an enduring feeling. It's very heavy, and it's very... It's a feeling that causes you to just want to quit. You just feel like, what's the point? Why do I keep trying? Nothing seems to ever work out. And so it says they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So what does that tell me? That tells me further that not being a thankful person is foolish. And foolishness never leads to anything good. It also leads to more futility, more upset, more darkness, more frustration, makes me more easily annoyed, which means that I'm more sensitive and more easily offended. It just is a terrible, terrible spiral. So we want to think about the fact that if I know God, I really don't have an excuse. So as we as we look at this next verse, I came across this. This is um, Luke chapter 14, verse 1. And it, the, the line I want you to see was that, It says, and the people were watching him closely. See, Jesus went to a dinner at one of the prominent Pharisees in the city. And he knew that all the people were watching him very closely. And so I love that line in the verse. It says, and the people were watching him closely. The Pharisees wanted to see how he was going to act. And the people of the town wanted to see. What's he going to be like when he goes and sees the Pharisees? Is he going to become one of them? Is he going to act like he's so honored to be in them, and now he doesn't have any need to be with us anymore? How is he going to act? And the Pharisees were thinking, how is he going to pull this off? How is he going to hang with us? Is he going to be, feel honored that we actually invited him to come to our house? And so you want to really understand that there's never an unintentional movement, thought, or word in the life of Jesus. I mean, can you imagine being that intentional? The understanding that you are being watched, you are being observed. And that's kind of overwhelming to me because I don't always want everyone to see everything that I do because sometimes I'm not always on my game. But it helped me to think about that. Because one of the ways that helps me behave better always is if I'm a thankful person. When I have a thankful attitude, I'm always more polite. I always want to obey the laws better, (laughs) like the laws of driving. I always have a better demeanor. I'm always more generous. I'm always more courteous. I'm more forgiving when I have a thankful heart. So if you're a professing Christian, if you're a parent, you're a professional, you're a student, you're an employee, you're a boss over someone, you have to understand that you are being watched. See, the Pharisees were known for being judgmental, being prejudiced, harming, exploiting women, all these types of yucky things. In fact, they were so well known for this behavior that that word became a descriptive word. The same way as we have this whole idea of Judas. And And I tell people frequently, you know, it's really amazing to think that nobody names their child Judas. And he made a very serious mistake, but so did Peter right? So did Luke, so did the Apostle Paul, made lots of mistakes he had to repent for, even after he was saved, even after he went from Saul to Paul, he still had to apologize. But people still name their children these biblical names. Nehemiah, some people might name their kid Nehemiah. But how about David? David made so many mistakes. Everybody watched what David did, and we still study what King David did. But we still name our children David. We have all Abraham. Abraham made lots of mistakes. Noah made mistakes. Moses, Joshua. And so what you think about is, wow, would I, would I be somebody that my children would want to name their, their that my that friends and family would want to name their children? Does Cynthia, that name, evoke good thoughts, good feelings, Something of good repute. So I'm not saying this to you to put pressure on you to be this performance-oriented person. What I'm saying to you is one of the best ways to perform the best is to have a thankful heart. Because that always brings out lots of positivity in me and lots of graciousness. So remember, we've talked about our brain a lot as an, as an organ within our body, and it's fallen like the rest of our flesh And it needs to be continuously uplifted by our spirit. So what I want you to think about, the more that neuroscientists study the brain, the more we really get an understanding of this amazing organ in our body and what it is supposed to do to help us. So one of the easiest things to think about, your brain, is similar to your car. Your car has kind of a computer. It has a brain and has a GPS Do you ever tell the GPS in your car where not to go? So if I live in Phoenix and I want to get to Tempe, do I tell my car, don't go to Glendale? No, I tell it exactly where I want it to go. And sure enough, it leads me right there. See, we have this tendency as humans to follow our brain instead of require that our brain follows where our intentions are. So if my intentions are to be a professing Christian and walk like one, talk like one, and act like one, then one of the things I need to do is I need to help my brain go there. And one of the ways I do that is in the way that I think. So I tell my brain how to think. And if I get thoughts that are negative, I reject them. I delete them. And I resist focusing on them. And so I tell my brain how to think. Because we have that famous verse that says in Proverbs 27, 6, it says, For as a man thinketh within, so he is. So as I think, I will become. I will act. I will feel what I think. And so I'm consistently telling clients of mine, you know, do you challenge your thinking? Or do you just believe everything you think? So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia. So thankful that you joined me today. We have a half hour left to go of the show. Make sure you visit me if you don't. have uh, Not able to listen to the rest of the show, please visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and you can listen to the show in its entirety. This is Cynthia Hyatt, 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk Radio. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining me today. And today, we are talking about thankfulness and gratitude. Certainly in honor of our our um, holiday that's coming up, Thanksgiving. And so we have lots of amazing things to understand about Thanksgiving, about gratitude and what a thankful heart is and what it does for us, what it does for our world. And so we really focused on this verse we began the show, we've started every segment with it and it is Romans chapter 1 verse 21 and it says for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. I mean that's a very powerful verse. And we left off in that last segment talking about the fact that our brain is an organ like any other organ in our body and I tell Christians very frequently we don't see brains floating to heaven. So our soul, our spirit, our spirit, our mind is the thing that needs to be using, utilizing that organ in a healthy way. The same way that I get in my car and have a GPS and that's the computer of my car and I tell the GPS where to go. I don't tell it where not to go. Think of how silly it would be if I was trying to get from here to Denver, Colorado, and I told it not to go to Albuquerque. I need to tell the car, the GPS, where to go. And magically, amazingly, it gets me right there. So the same with the GPS in my brain. This is why goal setting works. When they study goal setting, it's very powerful when people write down their goals every single day. Your brain reads that goal, sees that goal, starts to help you make it happen. It's fascinating. So I want to make sure that I am in charge of my own thinking. And I'm frequently telling clients, you know, that this this verse we have, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. God understands our brain. He understands how he made us, how he created us. And so we have this tendency to just follow our brain wherever it goes. Whatever thought our brain generates, we just believe it. And so then we just let it keep thinking whatever it thinks, and we follow it wherever it goes. Unfortunately, this organ, our brain, is the same as the rest of our body. It will die with our body. We don't see brains floating to heaven. So our brain is fallen like every other part of this fallen body. So our brain naturally thinks negatively. It doesn't want to be thankful. It doesn't naturally think thankful thoughts. That's a part of my regenerated soul. That's a part of the spirit that God has put in me. That is the part of me that is like God. That's the part of me that tells my brain what to do. So, my brain needs to hear from me, not the other way around. So, one of the ways that I stop having futility in my thinking and don't have a darkened heart and not act like a fool is to tell my brain to be thankful. And it's an inertia issue, it is difficult. Sometimes I don't want to be thankful. I just want to feel what I feel. I want to think whatever my brain thinks. I want to put words to my feelings, and then I want to believe them. And we know where that leads. That goes down a pretty deep rabbit hole sometimes. So we want to be very careful with how we think. And there's there's this wonderful uh, researcher. His name is Robert Emmons, and he's one of the world's leading scientific experts on gratitude. And he really talks about how gratitude is good for our bodies, our minds, our relationships. And so with this whole idea of Thanksgiving, we want to say, you know, we want to acknowledge what are we grateful for? It's a nice gesture, of course, but why do we do it? What good is gratitude? And so he's been studying this for more than a decade. And he's been studying the effects of physical health and psychological well-being and the effect on our relationships when we are grateful. And so many times he, he uses uh, gratitude journals, and I do this oftentimes with clients of mine, to get their brain, that muscle in their brain, thinking in a different way, getting the practice of being grateful. And I have to tell you the truth. I've been doing this for years. I still have to practice it. It, it isn't something that my brain just starts to do for me automatically. I am constantly having to practice it because it's not natural to my brain. And so gratitude journals... Other gratitude practices, they're simple and they're basic, but they do require effort. And so many times we we just can start out small. So I just want you to be thankful that you have breath. I want you to be thankful that, wow, we still have a country that is free. Maybe not as free as we would like it to be. Maybe not free in the way we think it should be. But we still have a country free enough that we get to say that we don't like it. And we still get to express all of our thoughts and all of our feelings as often as we would like to do, which is amazing when you think about it. And so you want to start out small if you need to. You want to say, maybe I just need to be thankful that I know God. Because that's an amazing thing in and of itself, that the God of the universe revealed himself to you and wants you. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about gratitude. It's 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I am grateful that you are listening today. And I want to make sure that if you're just tuning in, that you can listen to the show in its entirety and many of the other shows as podcasts. And they are on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's c-i-n-t-h-i-a-h-i-e-t-t.com. I also am a keynote speaker and a conference presenter. So, if your organization or church is needing a keynote speaker or you want a conference or a retreat, you can always visit the website and contact me there. I have lots of different lectures I can do, and I can also tailor it to whatever your group is needing. So, we are talking about gratitude and thankfulness in honor of Thanksgiving. And we were discussing um, just the idea of gratefulness and what it does for our well being. And this, this, um, this, Scientist uh, Greg Emmons and I, Robert Emmons. I'm sorry. He's he's one of the leading scientific experts on gratitude, and he has so much research. He's been studying gratitude and the effects of it for over a decade. And so, one of the things that he has found physically what it does for people when they practice gratitude regularly, and this is a practice. This is not something that comes naturally to us. Is we people that have uh, have a grateful spirit have a grateful mind, have stronger immune systems. So there's this tendency for people with positivity to be sick less often. Now, that would really make sense if we were to think about it, because it would mean that we would fight disease off better because we would feel better. And so that doesn't mean that it necessarily causes us to be immune from every disease that there is. But it does make, even when we're sick, better which makes whatever sickness we may have not last as long. Now, I'm not talking about catastrophic terminal or catastrophic diseases, but we do know that anyone that is uh, battling cancer, we have lots of research as to the effects of gratefulness and positive thinking on that battle. So we also know that people that practice gratitude are less bothered by aches and pains, much less bothered by that. They also have lower blood pressure. They have a tendency to exercise more and take better care of their health. And so many times we want to kind of do it the other way around. And we think, I'm just going to start exercising and taking better care of myself, and then I'll be happier. Well, it can happen that way, but I'm telling you that is the long way. Because it's tough when you're feeling negative to get yourself to exercise. But one of the things that works, like we talked about, this magical brain that we have is like a GPS, just as it is in your car. So if I need to exercise, and I find myself thinking, oh, I hate exercising. Oh, I don't want to do this. I can't stand it. Please don't make me. Well, that puts about 10 more pounds of a burden as I'm trying to climb that hill. But if I consciously think of why I want to exercise, oh, I feel so much better when I do this. I like the fact that I do. I like the way my body feels. I feel better about myself. I feel more responsible. I enjoy the effects of exercising. I will have much better and an easier time actually getting myself to exercise. And so there is so much about the way that we think and being grateful. And so I say I'm grateful for a body that can still exercise. Very grateful for that. We know that people that really practice Positivity and gratefulness sleep longer and feel more refreshed when they wake up. Psychologically, you have higher levels of positive emotions. People that practice gratitude regularly are more alert. They're alive, more alive, and they're more awake. People that practice thankfulness have more joy and pleasure in their life because they see more things that they're happy about and they really experience happy things deeper, in a deeper way. So if you've ever been around someone that is negative, even when you're having a good time, they're still kind of being Eeyore. They're like, yeah, I'm having a pretty good time. Yeah, I guess it's okay. Well, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Right? So the happier I am has a lot to do with how grateful I am. So there's more optimism and more happiness. Socially, grateful people, people that practice gratitude, are more helpful, more generous, and more compassionate. Which makes them socially more enjoyable to be around. They are also more forgiving. People that are grateful are less sensitive. They're less easily offended. They're more outgoing, and they also feel less lonely and isolated. And so this isn't just about weird, positive, fake, positive thinking. This is about truly finding things that you can be grateful for and requiring that your mind think on those things. See, the social benefits are especially significant because after all, gratitude is a social emotion. And in next week's show, we're going to talk about the benefits in relationship and what that does for attractiveness. So relationship strengthening that emotion because it requires us to see how we have been supported and affirmed by other people. And so it cuts to the heart of this definition of gratitude, which has two components. It's an affirmation of goodness. So we affirm that there are good things in the world, gifts and benefits that we've received. So we are claiming truth. There is still good things in the world. There are still good things in my life. It doesn't mean my life is perfect. It doesn't ignore complaints or burdens or hassles. It's not fake. It's not false. It's not Pollyanna. It's not someone that's in denial. It's a very realistic person that can be happy in the midst of great turmoil. One of the, one of the most amazing things they have found is when they have studied um, traumas, when they have studied natural disasters, the people that experienced a natural disaster in the cleanup process when that community was helping one another, Those are some of the happiest times those individuals report ever having in their life. Because gratitude and thankfulness is social and it's contagious. And when we are extending ourselves and helping one another, there is a huge benefit. There's a multiplication that happens. And so grateful people are always more social. They're always more fun to be around. They're always more enjoyable and they are uplifting. And so it helps us to encourage and encourages us to identify many of the things that are good in our life. And the second part of gratitude is figuring out where that goodness comes from. And so many times we recognize the source. This is our thankfulness toward God, who is, uh, is an unending supply of goodness, mercy, grace, graciousness, unending, everlasting love. And we always feel better about ourselves when we are thankful people. We always like ourselves better when we are thankful people. And it helps us to be more humble. The more grateful I am, the more I practice humility, which is always a very attractive quality in people. So these are spiritual gifts that we give to one another. And so what else is good about gratitude? Well, it has transformative effects on people's lives. So it helps us to celebrate the present. Now, we talk a lot about being present. And one of the hardest things for adults to do is to be present. See, children from the ages of zero to eight, zero to 12, are far more present. They don't worry about the future, they don't lament the past. They are very present. And so, When we really celebrate the moment that we are in, even if we're just in the midst of a terrible company takeover and we start making jokes about things and we're laughing together, that's in the present moment we are happy. We're grateful. We're sharing community together. It's being grateful at a funeral that so many people came because of your loved one. And grateful that our loved one is secure. And so it's imperative that we say to ourselves, I want to practice being present. And what is it right now I can be thankful for? So if you're listening to this broadcast, maybe you can just be thankful for a moment of positivity in your life. But what else is happening right now in the moment that you can be grateful for? A resource that you have something to listen to to, to this, this podcast or this radio show, in your car, on your computer, that you have a home, even if it's not the best one you have? What if it's in foreclosure? Well, we can be thankful that we have one until God's solution is available to us. So we always have a way to be thankful. And sometimes we have to look. But for most of us Americans. We have so many things right in front of us. I mean, just the fact that I could go and get clean water for free right here in the station because I left my water in my car, so I went into the little lunchroom, and I got ice-cold, clear, perfect water for free. And in Africa, when I speak in in Uganda, they do not have running water. And every day, those people have to take big, huge, three- to five-gallon jugs, go into the city— get some drinking water, and hope it's safe to drink. Only the very wealthy have water in their house. And even some of the wealthy people that have homes, that have gates and fences around them, have to bring in water. And so there are many things for us as Americans right in front of us. Be thankful if you live in Phoenix with me. Oh my gosh, we have the hottest summers anywhere that I know of, even hotter than some of the places on the equator. And all you have to do is walk into a building and you can cool down immediately. We have air-conditioned cars. We have movie theaters that are so cold, in the middle of the summer you have to take a jacket. So we have so many things. So what happens also when we really study this idea of gratitude... Alex Wood, he he does the Journal of Research and Personality... And he shows that gratitude reduces the frequency and the duration of episodes of depression. I mean, this makes sense. See, it's hard to feel envious and grateful at the same time. They're incompatible feelings. So if you're grateful, you can't resent someone for having something you don't have. If you can truly be happy for them and borrow from them, wow, how fun that would be that they have that. What a cool thing that they get to have that feeling. It's very different ways to relate to the world than what just comes natural to us. And I want you to know, I say these things to you, not because I do this all the time, but I know it works and I practice it. And I constantly am practicing getting myself back on track, getting a handle on my brain, telling my brain how to think and what is good for it. Grateful people are more stress resilient, resistant. They have a higher sense of self-worth. And so it is challenging to be grateful. But I want you to cultivate a gratitude attitude. It can be difficult to overcome, but it is very possible. And also with God's help. With the help of others. Get get other people around you. Let's remind ourselves to be happy. Let's remind ourselves to be grateful. Let's remind ourselves to think about positive things. That doesn't mean we don't talk about negative things. My goodness, that's my job. I do it all day. But they can be thankful that they have somewhere to go and work out some of these problems and they leave feeling better. Not because necessarily the problem changed, but because they're cared for and they know there's a God and they know there's a solution. So we really want to think about this. So I want you to consider this idea of the power of thank you. And if the only thing you get from this show is that. But that, that is one of the best gifts you can give anyone. Imagine how you feel when, when a car lets you in. And, and, and if you let, what if you let someone in and they don't even acknowledge that you let them in? So the power of thankful. Thank you. Just being grateful. So let's focus on the things this week that we can be grateful for. Join me in the next week as we talk more about gratitude and the attitude of thankfulness. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me next week. Also visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can see me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those great social media places for inspiration and motivation during your week. This is Cynthia Hyatt, 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk.
1: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you.